You're listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 46, sponsored by Comichole.com. Welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 46 of an unlimited series. Unless we get bored. I'm uh, Josh. I'm here with Ron. Hey. And Connor. Hi. And, uh... Nobody else. <laughs> Just iFanboy. Just iFanboy. There's no guests. Um, anyway, at iFanboy.com, we like comics. We read comics, and every week we read a bunch of them, and then one of us will pick out what we thought was the best book that they read that week, write a review about it, and then, of course, we come here to talk about it on the podcast and uh, that's about it right that's that's the whole spiel pretty much so. okay that'll work okay so and we you... hear from, we hear from our writers and listeners and that's users true. yeah so. we, we talk about comics that's what i'm saying but first the first thing we get to is the pick of the week which is the best book that ron read this week but just wait before he starts we learned we have to warn people we're doing a review show this is for the books that came out this this thursday um and so if you haven't read your books from this week yet, you may want to hold off and read them, then come back here, because you could get something spoiled, and we wouldn't want to do that to you. Don't come bitch to us if we spoil it. That's right, punks. <laughs> so, uh, Ron, you're up this week. What do you All got right, for yeah. us? And, and what, a, what a week it was. <laughs> Jeez. Um, well, first off, books, you know, because of Labor Day, I hope everybody enjoyed the Monday that was off. Only in the U.S., let's remember everybody else. Exactly. In the, in the United States, we, had, we celebrated the eight-hour workday and the 40-hour work week by not going to work on Monday. And, um, which I just find so, I, I find it really funny because every time there's a holiday, us comic fans pay the price. Have you noticed that? It's true. It's, you know, like it's, we're bearing the brunt of the day off for the rest of the country because our comics don't come in on Wednesday like usual, they come in on Thursday. Um, so that threw my whole week off to begin with because I planned the whole week around Wednesday and I had to shift it to Thursday. Um, luckily I had a light, um, a light batch. I only bought about eight books, um, spent just under $25, which was my bank account was thankful for. Um, and I wrote up on, on the pick of the week review on ifanboy.com, um, kind of went into long winded about how I got to the pick and I'm not going to repeat that. You can go check that out there. But essentially, um, when I was evaluating each book, I ended up with, uh, the cross Bronx number one by Michael Avon Emming and Ivan Brandon. Oming or Emming or whatever his name is. How do you pronounce it, Josh? I think it's Emming, but Emming yeah. could go either way. I think I heard Ben to say it was Oming, so yeah, who knows? The, the, um, the book's out on that one. Yeah, I, for some reason, comics seem to have the most largest number of unpronounceable last names. I still can't say J M Dematius, Dematius, Dematius. It could be because you never hear anybody say them. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, until until podcasters came along, right? And that's why every single one of us flubs around all of them. <laughs> it's true. Nobody knows what they're doing. And as long as we're talking about this, you know one thing that po- all podcasters need to learn? The plural for the word medium is media. Sorry. Is that just, is that just podcasters? I hear just, it in comic books. Is that just people book. in general? I hear it in, well, he just in general. Just say Ron's name. Don't be coy. Don't beat around the bush. Just I would, no, actually, I'm not talking about Ron. I've heard <laughs> it in a bunch of other comics podcasts, and it drives me nuts. Yeah, but because I have a comics podcast, I can't write to them to tell them. Right, so you've got to you basically got to say it and hope they think about it. like, wait a minute, is he talking about me? And yeah, then adjust. Yeah, um, let's anyway. talk about the book. Let's talk about the book. So, um, <laughs> of the eight books I bought, 
half of them were just awful, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and really, it boiled down between Uncanny X-Men and Cross Bronx. I ended up going with Cross Bronx um, for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, I just, I, it was a solid book. It was a solid. Normally, I don't really get into the whole crime thing. That's kind of more your guys' genre and stuff like that. But this, I mean, the book kept me solidly engaged. Which cover did you get? I got the one by Emming. The Oming. I got Oming. the other one. <laughs> yeah, the other I, I didn't. My store didn't have the other one. I, I picked I it up and I put it back and I got the, the Oming cover. Yeah, the Oming cover is much better. Much better. Yeah. I really like the logo, by the way, and I'm just noticing that actually in the review I wrote Cross Bronx number one, but there's a little the in the C, so it's the Cross Bronx. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, awesome. you're right. But anyway, but I really like the logo. Um, I don't know why. But anyway, um,. So yeah, so it was it was a solid crime book and well written, well paced. I thought, you know, all in all, well done. But for some reason, I was kind of blocked against picking it. Like, you know, I didn't really get the knock me out of my chair kind of feeling that normally I go for. And I kind of realized in thinking about it that I was really kind of pigeonholing um, Oming or Eming or whatever the hell his name is. We're just going to decide gonna... on Oming for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Oming. I was kind of pigeonholing Oming. Um, because I don't, I, the only thing, other thing that he's done that I read is powers. I mean, I know he's done a lot of work for Marvel on like Ares and Thor and stuff like that. And he has, has his own other book. I know he writes as well as draws, but you know, I said it in the review. If you had closed my eyes and put this book in front of me, open to a page and said, it's the new issue of powers, I would believe you. And that really got me thinking is that was I not, was I dismissing his writing and his artistic work by, looking at it through the filter of, well, it's not Powers, or it's just like Powers, or, or whatever. You know what he um, is? He's the sitcom star who can't shake the character that he played for ten years. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's, that's is the Ted question Danson? That, Basically, yes. That's the question that I'm asking you guys. Like, is he? Basically, you know? I think he is. I mean, I love the art. It's just, you're right, it, it evokes Powers so much because he's so associated with it. I mean, I haven't well, read anything pa- else he's drawn. But that's because Powers is him. Right. Well, you see, but that, but that's what's interesting is like because then I was thinking about that concept and like for example, John Byrne came to notoriety for his work on X Men. Right. Right. And now I wasn't around in '86 when he when he left when he left Marvel and went to DC and did the Superman relaunch. But where people when they read Superman were like, ah, this is the X Men. I don't. I, think, I, don't, I, don't I don't think so. No, but because John Byrne doesn't have such a I was signature style. I mean, Omic right. style is it doesn't look like anything else in Plus, comics anyway. Plus, uh, other people had done X Men, right? So you true. couldn't say he had, he was the only way X Men. Not looks. like a creative. Powers yeah. has only been drawn by Oming, so that is yeah. the style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if plus, the style plus works. it's a similar genre. It's not like he's doing superheroes, right? I don't know if the style works against him or no, or for it's him. It's totally for him. Yeah, you know, but but it was against him because I was ready to dismiss it because of that. Well, that's your you hang know? up. Well, yeah, that's my own personal hang up, and here we have a you know this is a growth pick of the week. I've, I realized that that was a hang-up and that I was maybe not giving him a fair shake. And so I sat down, I read the book again, I scrutinized every page, and ultimately, you know, and, and if this was not the Cross Bronx and was named, like, you know, the like the, the Five or some road in L.A. or something, or, like, the, the, four or five. the, the Loop and it took place in D.C. or something like that, I don't know if I would be as immediately kindred to it because I, I like the Cross Bronx Expressway and I like New York and I like things that have to do with my home and, and there's a couple little panels. Because there's none like, of that in comics. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, there was a couple of panels where I was just like, ooh, I know where that is and you know that kind of thing. So I, that those are really kind of cool hooks. Plus, also, I'm pretty sure the book takes place now, 
Right. Although the I thought cops, it was like a 70s, 80s thing. Yeah, really it looks a little Starsky and Hutch, the cops with the mustaches, but I like the mustaches. So well, I'm if you, I mean, cops, yeah. cops wear mustaches. I mean. Right, yeah, no, it's amazing. They're, they're cops, mustaches, baseball players, goatees. It's how you tell co- in, in comic book podcasters. Right. Exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but, We're still um, the only comic book podcast with no goatees involved. Although I grew a beard this week. Did you? Yeah. I try yeah. every once in a while, but then it gets too itchy. I've been on vacation. My vacation project was to grow a beard, and I did it. Yeah, and and, wow. and sit around in your pajamas all week. Keep right? that around. For, I want to see that. No, it's coming off real quick. Is it itchy? <laughs> no, it's just I look in the mirror and I go, ugh. <laughs> That's not a good thing. No, it's That's not, not a good, good look. Time. The last time you grew a beard that I remember, you were in a bad mood, and it was your Arthur period. Right, my Aquaman Named after, period. Yeah, his Aquaman period. But was, you didn't do you didn't do an accent though. You no, no, that was that was, was before college right. when I was in right. a bad time and I that grew was, my beard. And what I found amazing about that period is you actually cut off your hand as well. Right, I, I go for I it. I'm, method, I'm yeah. a method actor. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that, was, that was back when Arthur was real grim. Yeah, yeah, good times. Peter David, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. Was it? Was that, yes, it was. If, yeah, too bad. Um. Anyway, so back to the book. Sorry. So yeah. So I thought it was a good crime book. I thought there was. I thought there was supposed to be some sort of supernatural twist, and maybe there is coming up. Well, or, uh, but you don't think the last. Yet. You don't think the last scene was supernatural? I don't know if it was supernatural. Vigilante. I just thought. I thought maybe that might be lighting or something. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I. I'm pretty sure it's the spirit of this girl that died. Yeah, probably. But um. But anyway, but either either way, it's four issues. I'm hooked. I'm good on the series. You know, I'll buy all four issues. It got me. And and Lord knows it's stuck out from the rest of the pile. So um, so all in all, it was a good book, and and I I, I tip my hat to you, Mike Oming, and Ivan Brandon. I'm sorry that I was going to prejudge you. So, Connor, I liked it a lot. I had a good time with it. Um, really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you had a good, what? You guys went out, and got some dinner, went to yeah, the movie. We, did. It was, <laughs> we hit it off. We had a good chemistry. It was a spark. Um, I mean, I, I I don't know how much of it is because I love the art so much. Or because I love crime books so much, but overall I thought the package worked for a first issue. It got me hooked on it. There was it was relatively smart. It seemed you know authentic, which you need in a crime book. So yeah, I, I liked it. Josh, I was so bored I couldn't stand it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I I really like. I thought that this was like C work. I mean, wow. it looks nice. I I really like Oni's art a lot, um, but. There was nothing in here to me that felt original or new. At the end, you've got some spirit of vengeance or a vigilante or something, and there's a there's a cop here who's I don't know. I just well, you you got you got it. Well, you, how much I originality mean, is there in crime work? Right, somebody died, and I mean, like the, the thing is, is that there's a historical aspect to it where it's a it's the the ex cop. You know what? The, there's the, there's the, all sorts know. of ways that something can be original, and um, and a rehab. You know what? And maybe it's just that I don't like this for whatever reason, or I don't like his voice as a writer, or what, but um, I remember a long time ago, I bought, uh, like, one of Oming's original writing projects, like Hammer of the Gods, or something like that. Oh, yeah, that that thing, yeah. And that was terrible. It was just really boring, and I just, I I don't know, he doesn't have a panache that I feel, yet at least, that that a writer should have, and I mean, you can tell me that that crime stories have been told a million times, but that's, that's lame. Because, you know, every time I watch a new episode of The Wire, I'm like, this is great. So it has nothing to do with the inability to tell new crime stories. I just didn't feel like there was anything in this that merited me really want to come back for more. I just didn't really care. could get better. I have this problem where, like, a lot of times, 
I read a first issue of something, and because it's a first issue and it's introductory, I'm already bored before they get to the point. Like, like maybe if it already existed in a four-issue trade sort of thing, like I would keep going through it and see that it had merit. But I'm not terribly excited for it. Does that mean you're not going to buy the next issue? I don't know. I don't really feel the need to. It depends. It's like one of those things that it depends on what's going on that week. If I feel like it or not. So that, that's an interesting theory, though, because because if you're not if you're not engaged by the first issue and you're not going to continue to buy them, so let's pretend that you didn't read the first issue. Let's pretend you never read a page of this, mm-hmm. and then you waited till the trade. You'd pick up the trade to check it out. No, probably not. What I'm saying oh, okay. uh. is that if I if one of you happen to have all four issues, or I could read right. them all at once, I could judge it better. Right. I mean, it's the catch twenty two of comics. Yeah, it's, it's whether or not you want to throw your lot in with it or not. Right. You know? Yeah, so. I, I I just I just for me it it really didn't wow me at all. It was I mean I I do love his art. Um, I respect the fact that he keeps writing and he's getting more gigs at it, so he's probably getting better at it. And I'm not even saying it's bad. I'm just saying I didn't really like it. All right, fair enough. So there there you go. We we uh, this, we don't often disagree on the pick of the week. Yeah, but it's not like we're vehemently like you're shocked that I picked it. I mean you know kind of was. That. Oh really? Yeah. yeah well, I well, trust kinda, me. It was, it was a it was a sh- it was a crap load of badness on my stack this week. It's a crime <laughs> book. You don't like crime books. Well, no, I, I, I'll check them out. I'm going to check out Brewbreaker's And you have no idea how much time he spends in the Cross Bronx. Yes, I know. <laughs> the, the, the amount of time I've spent sitting on the Cross Bronx from 1995 through last week is just r- unbelievable. So that's a road? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you'll find <laughs> the out. The Cross you, Bronx Expressway. As, exactly. When you get off the George Washington, that leads right into the Cross Bronx. And it cut, if you're going to Queens or Brooklyn guess, or Long I Island, I guess I will it. find out. Yeah, you will. Oh, you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> you'll find out. It's um, awful. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty pretty bad. And what's amazing is so small. It's only a few miles, and I'm just like, how can there be this much traffic? It's like, <laughs> but um, eh, what are you gonna do? So one of the books that um, so we're gonna do some quick hits on a lot of books that came out this week. Um, and I'll start it off. And one of the books that actually I was thought would be in the running because I've wanted to, I've been wanting to write about it for about you know half a year or a year now was Noble Causes put up by Image, um, written by Jay Ferber and uh, rotating artist. I bought that first miniseries when it came out yeah. like five years ago. Yeah, and, and I thought it, it was boring. Well, it's it's a fun title, super superhuman, super powered family, soap opera e kind of style well, relationships. He, my know, problem with it is is that's how he pitched it. I remember, I remember him pitching it. I remember reading it online and, and buying yeah. it. He pitched it as a soap opera in comics, but then I thought about it, and all comics are soap operas anyway. True, that's what the Avengers is. But they play up the, the relationships and the soap opera aspect more so than the fighting and stuff. Or at least that was the original intent, I think. But anyway, but we're getting digressing. So I was excited to write about it because it's something that I've been reading now for 23 issues, and, and it's, been, it's been fun. I open up this um, issue, and first off, the art in general was awful. The, it was penciled by John Bosco, who should just, go, who should just stop. Um, but it opened up on the first three pages to just, like... I'm, a gratuitous isn't the right word. Distasteful sex scene. Prude. No, but there, there, there wasn't there wasn't any nudity. Prude. Like the, like everybody's dressed. You see like some cleavage on the girl, but like it was like kind of violent and kind of off putting. And I was just like, oh, and it just turned me off. But this and like the thing is, is that it happened, and then they never even explained it. And I know it's probably going to be like a plot point down the road or something with the particular character and stuff like that. But it was like never referred to again. And it just felt so out of place. And it's a splash page. Yeah, the, fir- the first page is a splash page, and it's the guy behind the girl, and the girl's bent over the kitchen table, and she and her sp- and he's kind of got this grit face on, and she's got this in pain I, look. I, I get and it. She- and she says, <laughs> I get and it. She- and she says, "Hunt." Listen, he thought he got. You know what? People can love when Garth Ennis does this stuff. Maybe I should do it. 
Yeah, not so much. Yeah. So, I, so it's to the point now where I'm actually like, I don't know if I'm going to stick with the book. That's how much it offended me. Not that I was <laughs> offended because I'm I'm not easily offended. It just it was just you're sounding offended. Though. You do yeah. sound offended because no, of the I, content. Was disapp- I think I was disappointed. what you mean to say is. Yeah. And you, I could be wrong here, but what you mean to say is they threw in this gratuitous sex scene that had nothing to do with anything just for the sake right. of having it. didn't do anything for the story, so why is it there? Well, if exactly. it's supposed to be a soap opera that plays up the relationships, then they have to have a lot more sex. Cause that's... Right, but yeah, but so, but soap operas don't have this kind of like not good violence. Well, because so they I can't. Guess, so if I they guess could, nothing, they would. But yeah. I guess nothing else good happened after that? Yeah, no, nothing did. It was just a fight and it was boring. Yeah, so. Ugh. Anyway, so that's my problem with Noble Causes. God, we sound like a, a whole different podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me feel dirty. It did. All right, so th- that first quick hit's done. Who, who wants to take the next one? My favorite book, I think, this week was something I picked up on a whim as I was walking out of the store and I was not expecting to pick up, which was uh, Scarlet Declassified. G.I. Joe fan? G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe is as responsible as, for comic book reading for me as Batman is. And, Interesting. Um, this I only bought this because Phil Noto did the art. Who's awesome. And he's like one of my top ten favorite comic artists. Cool. And uh, this is just a Scarlet Origin story, you know, from her starting off as a, as a kid to up to the point where she meets Snake Eyes on the ferry, which any G.I. Joe fan will know um, as a major major scene in the book. But this was just a really solid, good uh, G.I. Joe story. And I tend to not consider any G.I. Joe story not written by Larry Hama as, as outside the box, you know, not part of the real storyline, but... You don't acknowledge it? I don't... I, I, try, I tend to not do, but this was actually very good, so... All right. But that's, that's my, my favorite Neither of you guys are reading the ongoing anymore, right? No. 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 I tried reading the relaunch they did, and it was just not very good at all. I stopped once they started introducing new characters, and I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. I, was re- I remember we were all really excited. I remember Josh yeah. picked G.I. Joe number one as the pick of the week. Well, yeah, but do you remember the date? Oh, September... Uh, September 12th. 12th, yeah. But, um... <laughs> I couldn't be laughing. Because um, I was all like, USA! <laughs> Which is, and nothing wrong with that, but, like, I mean, it couldn't have hit at a better time. But, yeah, I, like, I, about I, eight issues in, I was like, I, this is not good. No, we were all excited about it, and then it just went downhill very, very fast. Yeah. And I just sit, sit in my bed and cradle my old tray paperbacks. Josh, that was too much information. Josh, what do you got? Uh, well, uh, Ron, you mentioned that you didn't think Detective was very good. Yeah, I was actually because I, when I was when I was frantically looking for a pick, I thought, oh, maybe Detective. I picked it up, and I don't know if it was the art or Which you really didn't like. I hated the art. I thought it was awful. Really awful. Even I thought it was. Hit, I thought the issue was really good. Even I, though that I one agree. panel, that one panel with Harley Quinn, I was like, oh, well, she's kind of hot. Um, <laughs> But I just thought I thought the premise. I mean, it was one and done, so that's fine. But I thought the premise was just annoying, and I thought the art was bad, and I just I I didn't I thought this didn't represent like the, this didn't even come close to the first issue. That, well, that, first of all, I think uh, obviously we're being hurt by the fact that G. H. Williams had to go back to finish uh, Seven Soldiers. Yeah. Apparently, he's coming back here, but we'll see if that actually happens. But I thought this art was way better than the last issue. Me too. It had I, much I didn't more even mind the art last. No, the last issue was very standard, yeah. like yeah, you know, was, like wrote superhero art. This was, this had a f- little bit of a flair to it, um, but I thought yeah, the story was great. I thought Batman is was really well drawn in this too. I yeah. enjoyed it. I really dig. I mean, but you one could say that it was more of a, I don't know, Asian influence style, perhaps. <laughs> Oh, nice, um, nice way to bring that around. I'm, but no, I, I, I like I was opening up, yeah. not sure what to expect, and I really, I like, thought it was great. When he, yelled, when he yelled, "Get away from her, Robin!" with all the speed lines. And the there were guy. some right. storytelling yeah. issues in the first few pages, I think. Right. 
um, oh. where I didn't quite know what was going on. Um, yeah. But besides that, you know, I, I was my, okay with it. My observation that I was very proud of is that I realized halfway through the book that that Batman's inner dialogue in my head is in the voice of the guy from the anime. Well, it's always been that Kevin, way. I thought Kevin Conroy. Right, you know, but I never, I never acknowledged it. I was like, oh my god, it totally is. So yeah, at least it's not Adam West. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so eh, Ivy's bedroom. I'll keep, I'll keep buying it. But I, I, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. yeah. So two out of three. I you are wrong. Let's keep in the same vein. I'll talk briefly about Nightwing. Um, the only good thing I can say about Nightwing is that a really good cover by Jock, who was a great cover <laughs> artist. Um, this he he drew the the losers. Yeah, he drew the losers. Right. Um, he's a, and he does occasionally he does he does covers for DC and he's a really great uh, cover artist and a great interior artist. But he's a, he's got really good design style for the covers. This book is so bad. <laughs> I, it, how, how bad was it? It offends me as a human being. Who who's the team on it? Uh, Bruce Jones is the writer. Oh, the Bruce Wait, Jones curse. He had his moment in the sun. He had a, he had his, he had a really great twelve issue run on Hulk, and then he's been parlaying that into just well, awfulness. I feel as if I mean I don't read Nightwing, and I know nothing about Nightwing or Outsiders or anything, but I feel like it's worth noting that the the hushed. Uh, conversation at San Diego amongst DC fans was what the hell's going on in Nightwing and every time it came up at a panel it was you know summarily We're gonna fix dismissed, it, yeah. Yeah, dismissed very quickly so I feel like this is DC's dirty dark secret Nightwing. well what happened was apparently Dan DiDio came on board and thought uh, Nightwing was irrelevant <laughs> and decided they, they were going to do away with him and then he figured, he found out shortly that he, he was couldn't be more wrong <laughs> but I mean first of all, all the whole storyline is that not in the book, but in the DC Universe overall, is Batman, Robin, and Nightwing go away for a year. You know, for the course of 52, they're off traveling the world, reconnecting, that sort of thing. Robin and Night- uh, Batman come back more well-rounded, happier people. Nightwing comes back as an arrogant asshole. <laughs> and he's been an arrogant asshole for this entire storyline. And uh, He's jealous it's, of it's, Tim and Bruce's relationship. It's so out of character. It's yeah, so yeah. out of character that Dick's not an asshole. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's he's, 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 he's a, Brandon Walsh of the DCU, isn't no, he? No, but he, no, he's a little cocky. He's he's always been a little cocky, but he's not an er, arrogant. There's, there's a fine line between arrogant and cocky. Yeah, he, and he, Josh, you got that right. He is the Brandon Walsh of the DC universe. Thank you. That is very accurate. I can, as being a nine hundred two and zero expert, I can attest. I have that. no idea what that means, but yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> so That's this really good. This is this was has been so terrible, and the biggest disappointment coming out of uh, the whole Infinite Crisis fifty two thing. Uh, now it's year, over. One year later, too. One year later, Bruce Jones' run. This is his last. This is Bruce Jones' last book. Coming Ever? up, forever, hopefully. In but comics, coming up, coming up next is Marv Wolfman, with, with art oh. by with art by Dan Jurgens. Now, oh wow. god, when they when they <laughs> announced awesome. this, when they announced this, most people most people were really happy about it. I no. I just put my head in my hands because that's awesome. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I loved Marvel Wolfman in 1985. <laughs> 20 years later, he, he, you know... And Dan Jurgens had his moment in the sun in the early 90s, right? These are, they, these, these are not moving forward. These are people... These are moving backward. Hey, they've got to work, too. <laughs> no, and I, I don't... Just, you know, that's fine. People are going to like it. You know, Bendis and John Cassidy can't dr- write and draw everything. I understand that, but <laughs> it, it just, it's just... It's going like... I, uh, it would Ruck be a is good busy, book. you know, give him a break. I just, this is, you know, Batman's my number one character, Nightwing is my 1A. You got a handful of artists out there who are only drawing covers. You are mean. <laughs> I, I, no, you know what, I gotta tell you though, I don't know if I really like Nightwing or I just like the way that Chuck Dixon handled him for that time period I was reading it. That was good. Because, mm. I mean, Chuck Dixon's Nightwing was really good. Yeah. Um, he's, he, 
he's always been good. The other, the other thing, little thing, is that uh, this Nightwing doesn't match at all with the Nightwing appearing in Outsiders. So that's another whole other problem they've got. <laughs> a, a, a continuity problem? Yeah, it was just the fact that he he's, <laughs> he is acting normal in Nightwing. <laughs> in Outsiders. Oh, Who's writing Outsiders? Uh, Winnick. Ah, uh, you see? Judd gets Nightwing. <laughs> yeah, he's... yeah. You're flustered. Um, I'm flustered. Off. I'm so right. flustered. I'm just going the other direction. Neither of you guys read this in uh, issue form. But yeah, so if you, if you spoil anything, I'm going to reach through the phone and kill you. Oh, no, I, I totally won't. Um, through the internet, kind of. Through the internet. Through the tubes. I haven't said what it is yet. Ooh, I wanted to bring up why The Last Man um, real quick. Yeah, I read it in trade. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say anything. I know. But uh, listen, if they get it spoiled, so do you. It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, we don't ever talk about it. And um, I'll I throw my headset down. <laughs> la 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 not listening <laughs> you know you blame me for going off on a tangent but at least I'm talking about something relevant uh, tell us about why Ay, Jesus okay it's issue 49 and this issue I really got the sense of it. we're about to we're about to wrap wrap up shop is it, is like, it going to be 52 issues you think I don't no, know. It'll be. It has to be. I'm guessing no, didn't I, he say in the 60s I thought yeah he knows I think he knows yeah. where it is I think we've got about a year left um, and you so really get the sense down. that that like there's a well they're gonna head into the final stretch of stuff right now. Um, this was a very low key issue. There's a lot of talking and hanging around. A couple of things are revealed, um, but but there's still. I mean, when you look when you open up a page in the middle of this, it's just like dialogue balloons everywhere. I mean, yeah. it it looks like it, no one will shut up in it. But um, it, it's, it's good. It's like our podcast, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Word balloons everywhere. Why the Last Man has, has been pretty good. Uh, if you haven't started at this point, uh, you'd have to start from the beginning because there's there's nothing going on now that you'd understand. Because this is just like the issue 49 of Preacher that I picked up. Like, I'll oh, see what's happening in Preacher, and I didn't get it. But um, so, do you, can you see? Do you think you can see where it's going or not? Mm, I mean, I see what's what what tack he's going to take, but I don't know how it's going to end. Hmm. So, but you got the feel. You got the feeling that you're coming around the curve, though. You're we're totally. This mile. is totally a come around the corner issue. Yeah. They wrapped up the last thing, and they're sort of setting it up for the last leg. Right. Um, and that's where we're at now. All right, good to know. So it was. A, I mean, all in all, I think it was a. It was a interest. It was a weird week for. Comics. It was a very nothing, weird. Week. Nothing really big came out. Nothing really. You know, like I mean, it was. This is this is the first but, week I really felt the absence of Civil War. Yeah, I I just bought. I have all this random weird stuff that I had this week that none of it was really great. And yeah, that was just like some sort of weird books that I was like, I don't even know if that was bad or good or what. I I recommended Marvel Team Up last time it came out. Awful this week. I I don't even know if it was awful. I just don't get it. Like like it ended two thirds of the way through, and then a new story started up. But and the art was awful. It was rushed. (laughs) It was just oh, it was just all kinds of bad. Yeah. All right. Um, Well, if anything, this is a good week then to talk about, um, which we don't do nearly enough, but um, talk about some trade paperbacks that we've been reading. On the backside Um, of of some sort of weird comics coming out this week, I read some great comics and some great, like, trades in the past week and a half. Yeah, yeah. So do do you want to kick that off? Yeah, sure. Um, Yesterday, I totally have to give a shout-out to my, my comic shop, by the way, because I basically I brought in a bunch of stuff that I wasn't going to take with me. Um on my journey, and he gave me some credit for it, and I went in yesterday to get my books, and I had like another 30 bucks of credit, and I was trying to find something to get, so I picked up Marvel Zombies, and I picked up the first... The hardcover? The trade, yeah. Or, oh, cool, there isn't cool. a trade yet. Yeah, I didn't um, think it was. And the first Grant Morrison Animal Man, which I haven't had a chance to read yet. But I got there, um, up to the thing, and there was like $10 difference, and he just didn't charge me. That's nice. Oh, cool. He's like, no, no, and I was like, dude, that's, I mean, like, I'm totally going to miss that shop. 
That's cool. That's like today when I went to go to lunch, I went to this place that we go um, uh, a lot. And today was the first day that she actually gave me my sandwich for half price. Nice. It's like, like it would, and and she rang it up, and I almost was like, no, I got a large, but I didn't say anything. Right. And she took my money, and I was like, cool. Now we've got the establishment of a discount. That's, <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah, exactly. I, no, but uh, it's it's House of Secrets in Burbank. So if you're ever in LA, or you're for some reason standing in line to go see the Tonight Show over at the NBC studios. Uh, go up the street a little ways on Olive and get, get the House of Secrets, and it's an awesome shop. Paul's a really good guy. Um, and, and if you want a good sandwich, and I saw you go Patton to... Oswalt there yesterday, and he had silly glasses on. Oh, cool. And if you want a good sandwich, you can go to Roly Poly in Greenwich, Connecticut. <laughs> Undercutting my comic shop stuff. I'm just kidding. Anyway, so uh, I got more free sandwiches. I, exactly. <laughs> I got home and I I I read Marvel Zombies. Uh, I actually didn't know a damn thing about it at all. And what I is it? Show. Give us a little. Uh, thing is it The it. Walking Dead in the Marvel Universe? It's not actually. Cool. It's really very silly. <laughs> Basically, it, it, there's a. I guess there was an Ultimate Fantastic Four issue in the middle where they opened up a dimension to this world where everybody yes. was zombies, and yes. this is a spinoff from that. And it's about the zombies, and they're not dumb zombies. They've got their mind, except when they start to get hungry. But it's all the like main Marvel characters, and, and yeah, the they, whole world was overrun with zombies. It's, it's like, really only, funny. They've eaten yeah. all the humans, basically. Yeah, and yeah, it's John Phillips on art, which at first I thought didn't make sense, but he did a great job. Um, basically, this is Robert Kirkman, right? Kirkman, right? But it doesn't feel like Walking Dead at all. It doesn't feel like anything he does because he's very, 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 very versatile. Yeah, versatile is a better word than that. <laughs> um, but I, it was like one of those things where I'm like, well, I'll just read one. I'll get to two. I got through three of them and I put it down. I came back an hour later and I read the last. Like it was great. It was so much fun. Um, well, I've heard a lot about that book and I've, always, I've been curious yeah, too, about yeah. it. I've it's, been waiting. It's, I, I didn't want to get the hardcover. I'm waiting for the trade. For it's the quite silly. Though. Yeah. Is I mean, it over like, now? Is the entire run is in the, in the trade? Well, or? it ends with a like. An open-ended ending, sort of. Yeah, they're going to bring it back. It was too and they are. I think that's I mean, another series. The, the issues went into like four or five reprints. But it's over yeah. now. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. it, it's a standalone thing. You don't have to know a damn thing to read it. You have to know Marvel. Okay. That, you know, like, you, like if you like Marvel, then... then are all the zombies the, the superheroes? If you like Marvel comics and yeah. zombies, then you'll love this. Yeah, they're all superheroes. <laughs> Interesting. That could be funny. It's it's really funny. I'm I'm cool. quite I'm quite a fan. I know I'm, we're like really late on the boat. We're like the people coming in here going, "Have you heard this new Radiohead album?" I think it's I think they're going to be well, big. Well, <laughs> well, speaking of late, uh, the trade paperback this week that I that I read that I'm late to the game on was uh, this, the first volume of Scott Pilgrim, and you know I'd heard a lot of rumblings about it, and, and Josh, you wrote up about it on the site, and everybody on the site was like, "Oh, it's great, it's great, it's great," and and I've been meaning to get it, meaning to get it. I finally ordered it. I, I got a, I got Absolute Kingdom Come and Absolute Dark Knight. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just throw. Scott Pilgrim in there from Amazon as well. Um, finally got around to reading it the other night, and it's like one in the morning, and I'm like, all right, I'll read a couple pages, I'll read the first chapter, and then I'll, you know, and then I'll, you know, go from there. I literally read it from cover to cover in one sitting. <laughs> like I was absolutely engrossed. It was, it was like I know the art is manga influenced, so I'm gonna get that out of the way. I know manga. it's like you know manga, manga influenced. Um, but like the content and even the art was charming. It was sincere. It was like it, you know, and it t- totally hit my wheelhouse. Like I've been looking for a black and white indie relationshipy kind of book, and it's you know, and for those who haven't read it, Scott Pilgrim is this kid, and he's in a, he's twenty three years old, and he's in a band, and he's going out with a high schooler girl, but then he meets this other girl, and but it's written with a whole different attitude. Yeah, kind of and, and it's like it's almost cutesy, but it's just not quite enough to get annoyed at. 
Right, yeah, no, it's sincere cutesy, and, and, and Brian Lee O'Malley, who writes and draws it, did a lot of fun stuff with the medium where he puts little, you know, like, um, text box and stuff like that, and, like, little narration, and, like, at one point when his band is practicing, he actually put the chords that the, of the song so you could play at home, you know, like, kind of fun, <laughs> fun stuff like that. I was like, wow, this is really unique, and this is really awesome. And then I got about... I, I don't think you should say exactly what it is here, because I know we, we don't want to spoil things, but I, I, it I, really I, deserves to be experienced. Just say it, it takes it, a left it, turn. It takes it about about ninety percent of the way through. It literally takes a left turn, and all the only way I can describe it is it turns. It, for me, it felt like a Powerpuff Girls episode, and I just didn't didn't get it. I was just like, "What the hell is this?" It was like this, <laughs> this perfect little nugget of wonderfulness, and like teen, and like early twenties, and punk music, and romance, and girls, and a girl with an awesome haircut who would I I'd have a crush on too if I was Scott Pilgrim, and and. You know, and there's a funny gay guy, and like it, like it was just like it was literally perfect until it just makes a left turn. <laughs> Connor like, and I like, had the same conversation a couple. Yes, months ago. we did <laughs> exactly the same conversation. So I'm late to the game. I admit that, but I'm like, and I read it three more times that night. And I was like, that didn't just happen. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> and so now, but the thing is, is that now I'm I've already ordered volume two because I want to see like a I want to see the continuation of the story that I liked, and B I just want to understand what the hell is going on. And just. Like, it's it's it is very original. Yes. Yeah, it's very original, but I'm not sure if it's good or not. I mean, it's good up until that point. It may be a generational thing. I think you have really to go. You have to either go with it or not. If you don't go with it, you're gonna not like it. The rhyming. You're gonna not like it if you don't go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, to go with I think it. Connor, you said it. You said uh, I really liked it, and then I didn't like it, and then I was okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of. I'm just yeah. saying it doesn't go back. I, no, I, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't? No, no I've God. read the second and third ones. <laughs> yeah. Thomas Wolfe was right, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I really, really liked it, and then I went, huh? And, then, um, and, then, um, um, and now I'm curious. It's so. funny because I think everybody has the same exact reaction that you did to this Everybody story. of a certain age. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was literally like, it was like someone threw a glass of water in my face. <laughs> I think it's like, story. it's the little of the Napoleon Dynamite effect. No, but no, no, no. This is way better than Napoleon Dynamite. I know there that, but nothing like, redeemable but Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> well, exactly. But my point except is, except for the use of the promise by one in Rome. <laughs> my my <laughs> point is, there are a certain there's a certain yes. age group, or and it's not the same age everywhere, but there's something that happens where you either hate that movie with a passion, or you yeah. think it's the best thing that's ever been. Right. And I, I mean, I fall into the former. I don't. I, I don't yeah. know that this is the same. I mean, I, I think it's not the exact. I think related. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Ron is really hungry for a book about romance and punk music and being and in his early twenties in the band. So he thought he found it, and well, then I've got one for you. So hard, <laughs> hardcore. I was like, "This is it! I got it!" I was so excited. It kept me up till two in the morning. I just what need an artist. Then? That's all I need. I got oh, the right. book for you. <laughs> so, so that was Scott Pilgrim. So. Um, and uh, the, uh, one other trade that I finished uh, was uh, the top 10 49ers. Or top did Moore write 49ers. that? Yes, he did. I wouldn't have gotten it otherwise. Um, it is a standalone story. It won an Eisner for Best Graphic Novel, I think. Um, it just came out in trade form only, I think. Uh, I think it was like Best Collected. It was some weird category. I don't know it if it came win. out in issues or not. Either I will way, be putting it on my list. Either way, uh, it takes place in in the aftermath of World War II, but in the world where Neapolis is. Now, I don't know if we've ever recommended the top ten, but... We've never talked of, about it, which we should yeah, have. We, we haven't, actually. Out of yeah. all of Alan Moore's post-Watchmen work... Au revoir. Yeah. Uh, top ten is probably Easily my the best. favorite. Yeah. I mean, it is... It is awesome. 
I mean, like, every single page is it's got stuff in it to look at, and there's references so all over the place. It's, the characters are really rich. The plot's really good. It is excellent. And this is basically a flashback story in that same... It takes some of the characters that you know from the regular series, um, and it flashes back to when they were young. Um, it might not be for everybody of a certain political bent. However, um, I thought it was friggin' great. The art is spectacular. Um, Who's the art on it? Uh, it's Gene Ha, but they oh, colored it, it with like a, a watercolory style to sort of evoke an older cool. time. Feel. I remember in 2000 when you recommended it to me, and I went on eBay and I bought like a whole run of it. And I sat down and read it, read it through, and I was like, this is the greatest comic ever. <laughs> I really, it really is. I mean, this, cool. this, like, we were on here a lot and we say things are good or, or what. Like, this comic is awesome. The top 10 is so good. All right. Well, if you like, if you like, you know, um, Scott Pilgrim or Marvel Zombies or Top Ten or anything, you can pick them up from ComicHole dot com, um, which is uh, the one of the best sites online to pick up um, new and and um, new and previously new. released comics uh, in trade paperback form. Um, they've got Marvel. I didn't have an adjective after new. Um, they've got Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Image, all of them, and they've got them really discounted, like 40% off, and they've also got um, trade paperbacks and hardcovers between 30 and 50% off, and they're getting a ton of stuff every, every week. And when they ship them, as we found out, they ship them very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a great guarantee. So go check them out at comichole.com. Uh, we, we recommend. All right, so let's dive into our listener email. Um, our first one comes from Jennifer Gilbert of Gaithersburg, Maryland, um, and she's writing about the whole manga debate. Manga. Um, she's she's also an aspiring comic book writer, and she's also a avid reader of American comic books. But she's also an otaku. A manga a, for geek. Uh, yeah, manga for geek. Um, she's she's letting us know something that we didn't know. Apparently, that anime and manga manga. Um, is heavily, heavily, heavily influenced by American comic books. Um, that it started around the same time that American troops were occupying Japan, um, and also that the animators of anime, who animate a good majority of the American comic books, adapted into cartoons. And plus, twenty years from now, the future comic book writers and artists will be saying in interviews they were heavily inspired by anime and manga. That's true. It's true. So she said. So she's yell- basically yelling at me, saying, "Don't diss anime and manga, um, because if we're doing that, then we're dissing the influence of American comic books," which I don't. Quite a hundred. You know what? This is the last word on the manga debate. I do agree with that, though. You know what I would? You know what I would? I would compare it to. What? When you hear like rock today on the radio, or you hear punk or whatever, you no one says, "Oh, this is just like blues from the south." Right, but it is. But it all it's is. country. Yeah. It's all Hank that, that's Williams. Like, that, that's like when when a friend of mine at work said, "You got to listen to the Killers," and you got to listen to the Killers, and I said, "Okay, great. It sounds like Joy Division." Yeah. You know, like you know, like everything is influenced by everything, and I get. And the thing is, the, we're going to put the manga thing debate. But the main, the main debate. point is, everybody misinterpreted that debate as saying we were anti manga or manga, which, which we're not. Which we're not. We just don't know about it. We, we we've not. said it many times. We're just very befuddled by it, but we're not anti it. We're we're curious, and and then and, and then we say, well, what should we read? And then we get these lists of words I don't understand. Yeah, this Fukunaga Java. Um, but I will. I'm going to dip my toe into it slowly, and you'll hear more about my. my I do want to read Blade of the Immortal. I've heard a lot about that, but that's yeah, a huge that's thing to start. I think I would I would ask if if we should read one as new as new manga readers if we should read one book. Tell us tell us what it is. And not we, not we, not series. It'd be a book with a story that I can start and end. Yeah, one good. title. And I, a link to Amazon. I will buy it. Comical. I will buy it and read it. If they um, tell me what the one book is. It's small, little, tiny aside. Little, tiny aside. In this, this week's Uncanny X-Men, 
the guy approaches the in the Shi'ar city. The guy approaches him, and his name is Commander Naruto. Yeah, I, th- I saw that. I laughed. I was like, oh, come on. It was N A apostrophe R T O or something like that. N apostrophe R T O. Yeah, Naruto. Oh my god. It was missing one letter. Anyway, yeah. all right. So thank you, Jennifer. We uh, understand the influence aspect, and we're not dissing it. We just don't get it. So, all right. So our next. But also, uh, just this, it's not just Jennifer. We get a bunch of people who yes. wrote in angry about it. We're not. Yeah. We're not anti it. We never yeah. said we don't like it. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry, I just we're want done. To make that clear. We're done next now. E- next email comes. From, next email comes from Doug. Um, Doug, who wants to know if there's any web comics that we enjoy, um, and that he, you know, we don't. Most of the comic podcasts don't really talk about web comics, and are there no interesting comics out on the web? And consider, and he wonders that considering that many of them seem to be manga influence, <laughs> are they a turn off? <laughs> Damn it! We were done. <laughs> oh. So. Do you guys web read comics. the web comics? Well, there's I, the two standards. Yeah, PvP and Penny Arcade, right? You, so. you both read those? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I've, I, I I still read PvP. Penny Arcade for the last four months has been befuddling. Oh, he's I, awesome. I have, not, I have not enjoyed it or liked it or uh, understand, even understood what they're talking about, so I've pretty much stopped reading P- Penny Arcade. That might be the generation gap there. Well, um, it could be just the fact that I'm not into the gaming aspect of it. It's been heavily into, into the stuff they're into, and I just don't connect with it right. so I don't know I, I, I'm I funny because I didn't get Penny Arcade when I first heard about it because it had already been going on a while and I went into the middle of it and I was like this doesn't make any sense and then I had one of those weeks at work where I didn't want to do anything so I went through and read all of them like from the beginning so I got all of the in jokes and everything and I just think it's the most brilliant thing on the web right now I think it is leaps and bounds ahead of of, of PvP and yeah but if you I, have I to read, read everything to understand it that's bad yeah, I don't did care it it, did it win an Iser? I, no, but and there, I think, uh, and I don't want to discount PvP. I think it comes from a completely different place. The three I read, by the way, are Penny Arcade, PvP, and Control Art Delete. I'm not actually even a very big gamer, but they just happen to be the ones that that are doing the most of it. Um, Penny Arcade, to me, in that I think you're right. If you have to if you read them all, you shouldn't have to. But it, you know, some things are good like that, and some things aren't. Having not said that, I just think that their voice is so u- unique, and and the way that um, that he writes things. Uh, and I find the posts to be just almost as good, if not better, than the than the uh, than the comics themselves. But um, I'm a really big fan of that, and lots and lots and lots of people are. But you I can see why them. you're saying that. I do. I think it's. I really think it's brilliant. Well, I, I enjoy it when it when it's something relatable, like when they're talking mm-hmm. about games I played or or just non-gaming stuff, just just everyday life stuff. But if you like, don't get it, you're not going to enjoy it's it. It's so heavily the the last. She wants, it seems like it's so heavily steeped in stuff. I have no clue about that. I just I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't, I don't get it. There was there was a really great storyline they did a while ago, a couple within the last few months was like the Song of the Sorcerer, and it was about this one really bad fantasy author who was ripping off uh, Tycho. And See that? Funny. I don't know. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't learn anything about. I've that. I've la- like, but the thing is, that is the comic that I've consistently like laughed really hard at, and had no one to explain it to. Like even if I was like, come here and take a look at this, they still wouldn't get it. So I, I had nowhere to go. Um, there's a there's a uh, online comic that a web comic that I read called Unshelved that takes place in a library, and I'm partial to that because I used to work in a library. But um, also, but the the art is not is more kind of Terry Morey, Jeff Smithy kind of cartoony, right. you know, like strippy kind of, you know. But it's good, so I would recommend that as well. All right, well, thank you for the email, Doug. Our next email comes from K Willie. Um, and he's writing to um, ask. Um, we recommended Grant Morrison's run on JLA, and he wanted to check out the first trade, um, and he got it. And he's writing in to say that he doesn't get it. 
<laughs> and he wants to know if it becomes more obvious as he continues with the rest of the trades. And he's not even talking about the Harry Potter art, which he found stiff and too, too full of too many look at me as I'm about to jump into action poses. Those are remnants from the 80s. I mean the but 90s. He found the story boring with a few surprises. And he's like, he wants to know, does the Martians tie into the trades more so in the future? And he thought the character interaction seemed tacked on and almost as like an afterthought. And so we want we need to convince him that, you know, did he miss something or will it get better? And he's saying he's a Morrison fan. He loves Seven Soldiers and Batman and Animal Man. So. If he doesn't get it, he, he's not going to get it. Well, I, I was thinking about it. I was wondering how much of Morrison's run on JLA was the time. Like, the no, time I don't was think perfect for that book. It was, but I, I think it's just solid. I think if that first issue doesn't blow you away, you're not going to be blown away by it. The, no, the, the, what blew me away wasn't it was the second issue that blew me away. Mine was the, the cliffhanger with the Martians. Oh, mine was mine was the Batman alone. That was three. Yeah, yeah uh, was it three? Was yeah. it three? Okay. Well, that was where he left the note. It was the end of issue one, yeah. wasn't it? I know. No, who, it wasn't the end of issue. It wasn't, one. wasn't. No, I think it was the end of issue two, leading into three. Right. If the end of issue two doesn't yeah. get you, then you're not going to get it. Yeah. Exactly. So. Hmm. I mean, you just like it or you don't. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If, there's nothing you I can get s- beyond it. I would say keep doing it because he did a bunch of stuff like the the Green Arrow, Connor Hawk alone um, right. in the in the Watchtower issue was really really good, and there were a couple good storylines. Admittedly, down the road some of the trades like the the Obsidian Age, I was just like, all right, this is a little too Morrison out there for me, but but not enough to ruin the entire. I would heartily recommend that entire run. So, and I seem to be the only person in the world who likes Howard Porter. I like Howard I like Porter. Him. I think oh, it, I thought he was great on that book. Yeah. yeah that was the other thing is if you don't like he was that great art, on the Flash then... too. I like the Flash. So mm-hmm. anyway, all right. So thank you, K. Willie. Um, our last email comes from Kevin, and this isn't so much a question, rather just Kevin sharing with his us with us his opinion um, about Runaways. Um, and he's saying that the first two trades were great. He was blown away at the risks they took in the book, both at what they did in the end, uh, end when they end up doing to their parents and the fun dialogue. He thought the trades were so great that he subscribed to the series, and then it took a huge downturn um, with the recent um, series that's out now. Um, Basically, it became the storyline became incoherent, and um, the ne- the second arc that we're in now is unreadable, and he canceled his subscription. Horrible. So, gee, thanks, Kevin. Don't hold back. So, all of you people who say that we didn't give enough love to Runaways and that we don't like Runaways, whatever, you know, point your point your guns at Kevin now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys agree that I mean, I'm, I'm behind because I'm reading in trades. Have you You're... read Have you read the Cloak and Dagger arc? I the first the the latest digest is the beginning of that arc. Okay, I, I didn't like that arc very much. It has been a shadow of its former self, and I'm glad that Vaughn is leaving it because it's just it's going nowhere. Nah, really? I think the last few issues have been very bad. I thought they've been pretty. They good. haven't been as good as the first run, though. Well, no, but nothing's ever as good as the first time. Well, this was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> nothing's ever as good as when it's new and and fresh. I mean, sometimes you can keep it up, but yeah. and, and sort of go back to it, but it's never so, going to um, feel like I can say the last Invincible trade was was awesome, but it wasn't as awesome as the first one. Right. Yeah, I understand. All right, so thank you, Kevin, for your opinion. Um, and finally, to wrap up the emails, we've received a bunch of emails recently. Um, everybody seems to be chiming in on the production quality of the podcast and everyone's uh, personal volume. So anyway, um, we just <laughs> we are it, assholes. We are assholes. You're an asshole. <laughs> I'm an asshole. So we just wanted to let everyone know that that we are in three different cities around the country. You know, we connect via Skype, and pretty much it's a crapshoot as to the level of quality we get every time. It's Skype, it Skype doesn't. Time. Basically, the, the fundamental problem is Skype doesn't let you 
adjust the volumes of the different tracks. Right. So we can do as much manipulation after we record it, and we do our best to do it to to make the best quality po- uh, podcast we can. But here's the interesting point: is that no single bit of email or feedback is consistent. Yes. We received an email that says Connor's way too low. We receive an email that says Josh is way too low. We receive an email saying that I'm too low. Or that my Josh si- is way too high. My sister e- my sister listened to it and called me, and she goes, that's great, but I can only hear Josh. I can't hear Ron O'Connor. And I was just like, "That's." I just got an email saying we couldn't hear Josh. And so I think it all, a lot of it has to depend on how you listen to it, whether you listen to it in the car, on an iPod, via your TiVo, via your computer, whatever you do. Um, but we're we're working on it, and the good news is is that hopefully this will be a problem of the past. Yep. Um, so... Um, why is that? Do we want to just allude to it, or okay, do we want? I'll just, just. I'm moving <laughs> <laughs> to prison. Yeah. We're no longer. <laughs> the guy at my comic shop said the same thing. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm going to New York. Woo! We're good. Damn. Yeah. And so uh, we'll, so we will truly become a true New York podcast. I, yeah, it will. Um, so then uh, we'll all be on our own track, and we'll be able to fix it that way. Because right now, the only way we can do it is is via Skype. Yep. Or one of the other similar programs, and they've all got the same limitations. So there are some limitations to us doing it in person, and and the wackiness that ensues there. But it's probably better because we can con- control the volume. So so Josh is moving. That means next week he will not be on the show uh, entirely. Yeah, we might have a cameo. Oh no, you're not replacing me, are you? Well, we're we're looking into it. Augie oh. did a really bang up job. <laughs> he was too loud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get to the voice. So, so that said, we know about the issues. We're dealing with them. Thank you. Please send it, keep sending us the feedback because I'm just curious what people think of the quality. So, we know um, though. Yeah, but we do know. So that said, let's move on to the voicemail. Um, our first voice. Oh, I'm sorry, but if you have an email and you want to write us, if you oh, have yes. an email, if you have the internet, if you want to write us, you can write us at contact at ifanboy.com. So, thank you. Um, so our first voicemail comes from Dan from Greenwood, Indiana. Hi, this is Dan from uh, Greenwood, Indiana, and I just wanted to say you guys have a great podcast and keep up the good work. Uh, I had uh, two, two questions for you guys. Uh, first, I wanted to know uh, which writer and or artist do you guys uh, think is overrated? And last one is, uh, do you guys know of any good crime books that you would recommend? Thanks for your time. Bye. Overrated. That's, that's hard. It is hard because it's... I got one. I got one. Go ahead. Most overrated writer in comics. Ready? Mm-hmm. Alan Moore. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry, Josh. I think. Saying? I think. Uh, I think it's possible Grant Morrison could be. Yeah, I could. I could see that from time to time. Yep. I, and and I, people have said that as much. Um, a lot. There, there are a fair amount of people out there who think that Bendis is overrated. I'm not really one of them. Um, as far as artists go, I really think that the cover artists are way overrated. The J. Michael Jones. Turner's. No, I love J.G. Jones when he does interiors. Yeah. is really good. Michael yeah. Turner. Uh, J. Scott Campbell. Um, like, I'm, you know, they don't do interiors anymore, yeah. and I, I don't really like that style. I, you know what? Here, I think Jim Lee's way overrated, and I don't get it. Yeah, I'd say that might be true. I don't agree. I, I get it, and I like it, but it, because it reminds me of the '90s. So well, I think he had so. a time and a place, and at this point yeah. now, it's it's. Old. No, it's still, I gotta admit, the All Star Batman books looked great. I liked the art, but it just took freaking forever. I, I don't remember. In terms of overrated, and I don't want to go back to my X Men world, but I thought Chuck Austin was supposed to be the the the, the shit, and he was awful. He was totally yeah. overrated, and um, I still say Chris Bocciolo is overrated. I sometimes yeah. think that Jeff Johns is overrated. Ooh. I tend to think of him. As, no, I would, I would have argued vehemently two years ago, but now I can see that so. he's he's very yeoman like. Like he's really good at doing a lot of things and doing them pretty well. 
But there's nothing that he's ever done that has made me go, "That is awesome." Uh, I still, I, I still, I still uh, like his Flash run. Yeah, but he's a B student. Uh, not on the Flash. He owned the. He he did a really good job on that. Yeah, but yeah, over, you have to look at his overall. Not compared to Mark Wade. Not not compared no. to Wade who came before him. I I I I mean I know you disagree, but I put them on the same level. Wade's really? Wade's, Wade's yeah. blows his stuff away. Yeah. Uh, oh, anyway. I mean, if you're gonna look at the curve that way, yeah. All right. What was so, the second question? Second question was any good crime books. Sleeper is um, coming out by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. No, 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 no. Criminal. No criminal. Oh, oops. <laughs> Sleeper's the old book. Sleeper yeah. already Crim- came out. You should criminal read that. Line. Yeah. Nah, then criminal. Yep. After and that, maybe maybe cross Bronx. Maybe cross Bronx if you don't think you're me. All right. So thank you, Dan. Let's get to our next email, uh, voicemail. It comes from Gomer. Yo yo yo! What's up, my fanboy? This is Gomer calling from Nashville, Tennessee. And I knew I should have called before the last podcast. X Factor number ten was y'all's pick of the week. I loved it. I only had one problem with it. Jamie Madrox's dupe has M and Siren in the same night. That ain't going to happen, guys. Siren is definitely a screamer. Every freaking person in Mutant Town would have been over there wondering what the hell was going on. Cool. Keep it up, guys. Later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love Gomer. I totally didn't think about that angle. So. <laughs> well, right. it could have been anybody in there. Yeah, I guess. But. It would have been nice if they had played to that, like if he was rubbing his ear or something. I don't know. <laughs> she must. You would think she's got like soundproof room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that wouldn't help him. <laughs> well, no, but it would help everybody else. Every time she, yeah, she got the action, it, yeah. she would yeah. blow the eardrums of everybody in the building. Yeah. Oh God! Oh, Gomer, you're wacky. And our last voicemail comes from the mighty Daryl. This is Daryl. I want to answer the guy that was talking about an arch nemesis. He is my enemy now. And next time, use my name. Well. Yikes. <laughs> Fight. Is, that, is that a gauntlet being thrown? I think I it is. I think, I think, I think Daryl and Jim Ski arch, have... Arch nemesis. It just got really tense in here. No. <laughs> Listen, I, just in, in, in the... Maybe you weren't listening last week, like, what the hell is this? Jimski wrote in and said, or called in and said, "Hey, there's a guy on there who disagrees with everything that I think, and he's, he's my, my he's my Bizarro." Okay, now hey, that's not an insult. He just says you're opposite of him. Yeah. It's possible I said the same thing. I don't really remember, but <laughs> but you can you can still love your Bizarro. You don't have to be enemies. Yeah, so. but it's just you know, yeah, I'm I'm not getting into this. <laughs> So thank you for those voicemails. If you want to call us, you can give us a call at one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. So with that said, Connor has the frapper map. There. We got seventeen since the last show. Seventeen? Yeah, I've been drinking. It <laughs> <laughs> sounded like he has been. There's people well, on, on the frapper map. In honor of that, the first <laughs> the first person was the drunken zombie. <laughs> Woo! Describes my last weekend, Michael. Uh, Master Pred from Ottawa. I can't see his last name. It's cut off. Lance McFarlane from Hamilton, Ontario. Two from Ontario in a row. Matthew you know, Guy guys. from Louisiana. Oh, what? We oh, rule can I do in the Canada. next one? What? Steve the Flying Jew from Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> like I am. Shush, what was that? <laughs> Doug Hills from Logan, Utah. Mike D from Brooklyn. Russ from Stockton, California. Will Lund from Portland, from the Oregon. Beastie Boys? Yeah, that's no. what I thought, too. <laughs> Maybe it is. You never know. All right, all right. Mr. Black from Gainesville, Georgia. Dave. Mr. Black. Uh, 
Dave Even of then. the Dead from Hummelstope, Pennsylvania. Shane Jaworski from Austin, Texas. Dr. G- DJ Monkey, MD. Isn't that you? That's, DJ Mr. Monkey, MD. That's a lot that's of not, a lot of letters. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mike Mendoza from Beth Bethesda, Maryland. John from. Oh, <laughs> what the hell is that? Okanama Waka. That's not real. That's made up. Yeah, Okanama Waka, Wisconsin. That's okay. I don't. I don't think that is made up. Yeah, I don't think it is. Either. Mike M from Tallahassee, Florida. Uncle Jim from Louis- Louisville, Kentucky. Who the mint juleps are on at the next derby? So thank yes. you, Jim. So, so I um, do declare. <laughs> if you want to go to the Frapper map, you can go to frapper.com/ifanboy and stick your pin in the map and be represented. So, but how right. else could one do that? They could also go to ifanboy.com in the upper right-hand corner, click the little banner. Uh, I was thinking of MySpace, but that works too. Oh, or they can go to myspace.com slash ifanboy, and there's the map there as well. So, And you can go to myspace.com slash ifanboy and be our friend. <laughs> Please. Please. Try my product. <laughs> <laughs> you, can also, you can also see our video there. Yes, you can also see our video at myspace.com slash ifanboy or ifanboy.com or on YouTube. So just search for ifanboy. Um... And if you like us, you can um, be sure to tell tell your friends about us um, and tell other users on the internet at podcastalley.com or iTunes. We've had a surge in popularity on Podcast Alley, so thank you to everybody who's been voting for us. We jumped like 200 spots last I checked, so that's awesome. And um, we love getting reviews on iTunes and stars and stuff like that, so please. And uh, tell all your friends and tell your comic book store about us. Message boards, those kind of things. We appreciate yeah. that. Pass yeah. the word. But more importantly than that, we need cash. <laughs> no, I'm it's not more important. Josh has got to move. <laughs> well, no, cheap. but actually, we've got now that Josh is coming to New York, we've got some great ideas and we've got some cool stuff that we'd love to do for the site. Um, and so your donations help. So how could they donate? Well, you could go to ifanboy.com/donations. Uh, there's also a link for that on the main page with a begging little Peter Parker and Aunt May. And, Which, uh, by the way, that the, the the donations page and the Peter Parker Aunt May uh, graphic is my the favorite thing I've ever done for iFanboy.com, and no one has ever mentioned it. Really, I like the little UPS guy <laughs> on the shipping list. <laughs> yeah, I really love that guy. <laughs> but it was um, a good, it was a good joke, and no one's ever mentioned the. No joke. one's ever even emailed us like funny or whatever, and we know people have donated. They've gone you, to the page. You, you yeah. need validation that badly that this is coming up now. No, but it just makes me laugh, and I just hope I hope it makes other people laugh. That's all. Because if it doesn't make you laugh, I'll put something else up there. So I don't know. <laughs> I just, and Connor wrote it, so it's just genius. <laughs> just put, That's put true. It medicine. was my joke. It was your joke. So anyway, so uh, ifanboy.com/slash/donations. Um, every dollar helps. So thank you. And I think it's time to go eat. <laughs> So I'm starving. Oh, please. That's the, that's the new complaint now. It's not going to be the heat. It's going to be starving. <laughs> Is it still hot? It actually got, no, it's not. I, no, actually, oh. two days ago, I turned the air conditioning off, and then, like, yesterday, I'm like, God, I'm hot. It's like 85 degrees. And you so know what? In honor of Josh's last Los Angeles podcast, we should talk about the traffic in L.A. <laughs> yes. Which, if you recall from the first maybe five or six episodes, he mentioned every show and then just abruptly stopped. <laughs> Oddly enough, this is because the only reason I was ever in traffic you change here your store, right? is because I stopped going to that other comic shop. Oh, that's right. So I'm leaving L.A. now in two days, never to return. Well, drive carefully. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get forward. comics next week. Oh wow! So, I'm actually going to be in San Francisco next week and buy my hopefully buy my comics at Isotope. Ooh. Yeah. So. Well, this is enough of us just yapping. Yeah, just catching up. So, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Going to a party. Nice, cool. Going to be some comic people there. 
Oh, nice. Look at that. Oh, you're not huh? name dropping. You're not name dropping. I, no, I, don't, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think, I think Mike Romo is going to be there. Woo, Mike Romo. <laughs> right. Anyway. All right. So let's wrap this up. <laughs> All righty. This has been the iFanboy comic book podcast. My name's Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Signing we'll off. See you next week, Sans Josh. Bye bye. Won't you miss me? <laughs> yes, we will miss you. You lie. <laughs>